Would you please welcome Pastor Dan? So I just got. Are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Old school, like Pastor. Oh, oh, praise God! So Friends Day was amazing. Wow, Pete. And you and Wayne, I'm just, that was an incredible service. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever been to. Just absolutely incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, affected my next day. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. But it, actually, what you guys went through with Psalm 139 affected how I read the Bible even the next day. It was awesome. And then outside, Friends Day celebration. I mean, what fun that was. I just want to say thank you to everyone that was a part of that. I know there was a lot of work that went into that. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So today we're continuing in this series called Amped Up. We've gone through Access, we've gone through Move, and we're finishing with Pursue over the next couple of weeks. And last week, I don't know if you remember it, but it was Pursuing, anyone remember what they, what they were talking about? It was Transparency, right? It's kind of what we just talked about. Um, search my heart, oh God. Pursuing Transparency. And today we're talking about Pursuing Intimacy with God. And Intimacy with God, I remember as a high school student, even I would say the first couple of years in college, intimacy with God, it just made me uncomfortable. It, it was my, probably my hormonal immaturity, right? Just the idea of intimacy, it was what a man and a woman do in the bedroom, right? Intimacy, that was intimacy. So you would start talking about intimacy with God and I would just kind of squirm, right? Just kind of, ooh, like there's this song by Matt Redman. Anyone, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was a song called Intimacy. And I hated the song because I was like, ah, intimacy with God. Again, I just couldn't get past the idea of what intimacy meant for me. But really, I mean, if you guys are mature Christians in here, what, what was that about? That was about my immaturity. That was about my own insecurities. In fact, Scott, go ahead and raise your hand, Scott. Um, Scott plays bass for us. He also leads some of our... Um, uh, marriage events, but he was going down to school down at Life Pacific Bible College, and he'd come back, and he'd give me the biggest hugs, and he would always tell me, like, I love you, Dan. And I, and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was just kind of like, ah, okay, thanks, or, you know, like, okay, thanks, and then in Laramie, I went to the University of Wyoming, and then I had this pastor, and we would meet every week, and he'd say, I love you, man. I love you, man. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. And I remember eventually, I, we would be sitting in his car, and, and I'd be like, I love you, too. <laughs> it was, like, I think, you know, like, it was just so awkward. I mean, just painfully awkward. I didn't know how to respond to that. But eventually... You know, I grew in that. But it, it felt weird. It just felt weird. I, me loving another person, being close to another person, it was always a sexual thing. Intimacy, being close, it was what was reserved for me and my girlfriend. And, and so, i got to be honest, that affected my relationship with other guys. It affected the closeness that we were able to be have. I struggled. I never had that Jonathan and David relationship. Remember the Bible? Remember Jonathan and David? That closeness, that depth where you were willing to die for one another. You remember that? Willing to lay down your life for your brother. And this struggle with intimacy with one another, it it affected, don't you know, my intimacy with who? With God. Absolutely. God, for me, God was more of a concept or an idea, right? God, right? Oh, 
talking about? God, the creator of the universe. That's who God was. He wasn't what the Bible tells us as being our friend. And if you know me now, that's not who I am at all. I, I mean, nowadays, I am a lover. I love God and I love people. I love God. I love people. But don't you know that's because God has done a good work in my life. He's changed my heart. I have an intimate relationship with God. And, and because of that, it doesn't bother me now. I don't squirm. I don't go, ah, you know, what are you doing? I, I embrace it. But I've got to be honest. It's been a process. Don't you know that intimacy with God, it's a process. See, ten years ago, my fiance, she called off the wedding. And it was a crushing blow. But the Lord told me after she called off the wedding. And don't you know, sometimes God just speaks to you. Right? Just that it's like, this is the Lord God Almighty speaking to me. I remember he told me, he said, Dan, he actually used an old country song. He goes, you've been looking for love in all the wrong places. You've been looking for love in all the wrong places. You've been spending your time falling in love with everybody else except for me. All these women, but not me. It's time for you to fall in love with me. That's what he told me. And he even created some space for me to fall in love with him. And so I began to pursue God. I began to run after God, to fall in love with him. It was during this intense time of running hard after God that I met Mary, that I met my wife. It was during this time of discovering true intimacy with our Father God, having a real relationship with him that he gave me my beautiful bride. And so I have this journey, right? This journey with this idea of intimacy with God and with others. And, and I was weirded out by it back in the day. And there's probably some of you that are weirded out about it today. And, and that's fine. I'm good with that because we are all on a journey again. But my prayer is just that by the end of today, this is my desire. I think it's God's desire that we'd be able to take a step in the journey. Don't you want to take a step in this journey, a positive step forward to see how much God really does love you and how much he really does want to have an intimate close relationship with you that's what we're going to talk about but before we do bow your heads with me as we pray lord god help me today speak your words help me be just a conduit of your love of your wisdom of your grace and your mercy speak to us today lord in your wonderful name we pray amen so if you remember last week wayne and pete they talked about friends remember on facebook Right? Facebook and this idea of friends. Some girl had like 3,000 friends. It was amazing. But with social media, that's how we define a friend, right? A friend is someone who puts only the best photos, the cutest, the most beautiful pictures up there, you know, including the ones of the vacation in the Bahamas where you kind of clicked it on the outside, but inwardly you were really jealous and depressed that all your friends were having a better time than you were and living a way more exciting life than you were, right? Come on. You know you do that. You flip through and you're like, I am missing out on life. You're friends, right? It's a new definition of friendship. A new definition of being connected. And this idea of being connected or helping us get connected, it's become a huge business in this world, hasn't it? I mean, think about the money that is spent on making us connected. We got a lot of them. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We got Skype. We, we got our phones. Have you noticed our phones, right? All this money to get us this instant access to our friends, to our family, to our work. But with all this connectedness, I just wonder how much time do we really spend on this face-to-face relationship? I love you, Dan. I love you, Scott. And then take it one step further. How much time do we take with that intimate or connected or face-to-face time with who? With God. 
So I just want you to begin to think about it as I'm talking. Just begin to think about how much time do you spend connecting with God every day? What's your relationship look like? This is between you and God. Just what does it look like? Is he that deity that is somewhere out there in the cosmos that may or may not exist? Or he's he the one that actually speaks to us. Listen to how he speaks to us. Isaiah 41.10. This is God. He says, do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. Fear not. I'll be with you wherever you go. Mm. So everyone of us in this room, we have some kind of association with God. Whether you like it or not. Right? You, you, whether you even want to acknowledge or not. Every one of us has some kind of association with God. Even those of us that would go as far to say that we do not believe in God, you are bound to God simply because he created you. Did you know that he created you? The tragic part, so many people in this world do not know their creator. But God, way back in the beginning, he created you. He designed us, by the way, to be able to relate to him. We were made in his image. That's what the Bible tells us. Genesis 1.26. We're told in Genesis 2 that God, this is beautiful, he breathed into our nostrils the very breath of life. Remember that? Isn't that beautiful? He breathed the very breath of life into our nostrils. And we've been given that spirit to communicate with God in spirit. We were made in his image. By the way, there is no higher honor than to be created in the image of God. But then sin entered the human race. Sin came in and left us all spiritually dead. Sin alienated us from God. Our spirits no longer able to unite with the Lord in that close, intimate communion. But then Jesus came along. Thank you, Jesus, right? Jesus came on the scene. Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. And the Bible tells us that we were spiritually reborn. Remember that? Jesus came along and we were born again. And our connection to God was reopened by Christ. That's what Ephesians 2, 4 says. This is one of my favorite verses. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were what? Dead in our transgressions, he made us what? Alive. 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 Together with Christ. He made us alive. And we've been given this opportunity to once again live in close relationship, live in fellowship with God. This is the good news. We were far away from God. We were dead in our sins. But Jesus Christ has brought us back into relationship with God. He brought reconciliation with God. But in this room, even now at the 845 service, we have people in here who are saved, who will go to heaven one day, and yet you are relationally distant from the Lord. I encounter so many people of the faith, confessed Christians who check off the little box saying, I am a Christian, yet show little interest in the things of the Spirit, shallow at best in their interactions with God. There's others of you in this room, you're just confused by it all, right? You're frustrated, wondering why you don't hear God's voice, why you don't feel his presence. You attend church, you read your Bible, you pray, and yet he still seems so far away. Several of you in this room probably feel that way today. But I just want to say, regardless of how you came in this morning, God wants to connect with you today. He is here. He wants there to be an intimacy in your relationship with, with him. Again, in our culture, that word intimacy, it's synonymous with sex. But God, he is addressing here not a physical thing. He is talking about a spiritual oneness with him. There's a wonderful example of this in the Bible. His name is David. Do you remember David? 
King David? Have you read the Psalms? Have you, do you want to know what intimacy, intimacy with the Lord looks like? Read the Psalms. In Acts 13, we're told that David was a man after what? After God's own heart. He's a man of God who had a passion for the Lord. I, I'm going to put this on the screen. I, I want you to hear what David writes. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I have seen you in the sanctuary. To see you in your glory and your power. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as marrow and fatness. And my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. When I remember you, Lord, on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. For you, O God, you've been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you clings to you. Your right hand. Your right hand upholds me. That's powerful to me. Those are more than words on a page. That is a man passionately pursuing God. Do you see that? Am I the only one that sees this passion for God? There's a lot going on there. I'm going to take it verse by verse. I hope that you have hearts to receive what the Lord wants to speak to you today. Because if you do, it can change your life forever. Verse 1. God, my God, I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh, it yearns for you in a land where there is no water. Do you see that every other pursuit, every other passion in your life is a dry desert compared to the fulfillment of an intimate relationship with God? I want you to see that contrast. The satisfaction that you find in Him compared to any other thing is as water to the desert. Our souls... Our spirits, they will not be satisfied until we devote our lives, devote our entire lives to the only one who can quench our thirst, who can fill that emptiness. And then he goes on to say, he says, my flesh yearns for you. When was the last time that your flesh yearned for God? My flesh yearns for you, God. Do you see it? It's an aching, a yearning, a physical response to the Lord. And then verse 2, thus I have seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and to see your glory. David, a man after God's own heart, so deeply engaged with his relationship with God, where he thirsts for God, where he yearned for God, so much so that now he can what? He can see God. Do you see God? As David pursued God, I want you to see there's an awakening of his spiritual senses. Do you see this? An awakening of who he is within us. That's available for all of you. There should be a resounding yes in this room. If you're a Christian, God wants to make that available to you. As you come to know him more deeply. Remember this past Sunday, we spent, what, five minutes, ten minutes. Do you remember how the Lord spoke to you? Wasn't that great? Wasn't that amazing? The Lord spoke to you and you said, God, search my heart. And what did he do? He searched your heart. You said, God, know my anxious thoughts. What did he do? He met you in your anxious thoughts. Knowing God, being known by him, being able to see the one who is unseen. Hallelujah, right? Our spiritual senses are opened up. 
It's incredible. Our understanding of his nature and understanding of his ways, it increases dramatically as we pursue him. Don't you know that scripture comes alive with meaning when you pursue God? Anyone else just completely excited about scripture? Um, anyway, when you tell me that scripture is boring, I try to be patient with you and kind with you, but scripture is not boring. Scripture is the word of God for me that day. When I open the Bible, I have this expectation that God is speaking to me. I do not have to worry about what he's going to tell me. I do not have to be anxious about it. I know it is my daily bread. I look forward to spending that time with God, to hearing from him, to hearing his word. Psalm 139, that's what we spoke about last Sunday. Did that not just come alive to you, right? It came alive. And on Monday morning, I read the book of Philippians, and, and it takes you not very long. to re- you Just read the whole book. It's beautiful. It takes you about 15, 20 minutes. And I tell you, it was as if I had never read the book of Philippians before in my life. It just came alive because my spiritual eyes were open. Has that ever happened to you before? Yeah. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. When you just fall in love with the Word, because God is changing you as you pursue Him. And this happens. Every one of you, I want you to know this is what happens when you press into God. When you really begin to get to know Him, your spiritual senses are awakened. When your spiritual senses are awakened, you see God, your relationship with God, it quickly becomes the best thing in your life. He's not just a part of your life, right? He just is your life. As you come to know him and be known by him, your relationship with him, it takes precedence over everything else in your life. That's what David says, right? Verse three. What does it say? Verse three. Let's put it up on the screen. It says, read it with me. Because your loving kindness is better than life. Better than life. God, you, loving kindness, better than life. He goes on to say, so my lips will praise you, so I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. God and his loving kindness is better than life. Nothing compares to God. We don't live that way, many of us, but you can, by the way. Some of us do live that way. Where all of our possessions, power, pleasures, fame that the world can offer, they are empty compared to experiencing the fullness that comes with knowing the Lord. Some of you just think that's a pipe dream, like you can't actually live that way. You can. There's, there's testimonies of that in this room. You can live that way where everything else is empty compared to knowing God. You think that someday it might happen to you? It can happen right now. Stop making it so mystical and out there like one day I'm going to be a Christian. No, right now, today, you can be a Christian. You can lay everything aside and say, God, I'm following you. And then verses 5 and 6. My soul is satisfied. So many people are unsatisfied. But with God, you can be satisfied. My soul is satisfied. My mouth offers praises with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I love that he includes this. When I remember you on my bed, I'm about to go to sleep. When I remember you, I meditate on you in the night watches. This is important. I I would say that this means that God has captured the thoughts and the emotions of David. Right? Listen, all, that whole section. I, he's satisfied, right? His mouth offers praises. When, I, when I'm on my bed at night, I remember you. I meditate upon you through the night. Let me ask you the question. Do you remember what it feels like to be in love? Do you remember? I, I, and, and don't say no, because that's awkward for the person sitting next to you. But, I mean, do you remember what it was like to, to be in love? And if you've ever been in love, no one had to tell you to think about your loved one. Right? No one had to tell you to think about your loved one. Your thoughts just automatically flew to him or flew to her. They had captured your thoughts and they had captured your emotions. And whatever that is, that should pale in comparison to what it should look like to love your Savior. He has captured your thoughts and your emotions. And as you pursue him, by the way, this only grows. He becomes what you think about. He becomes what you meditate upon. Again, this is not a pipe dream. 
or a fairy tale. This is the reality of being a Christian. Verse 7 and 8. You have been my help. Is he your help this morning? You, you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. Do you sing to the Lord? My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. And the word cling there, it's the Hebrew word debak. Cling, which just literally means what you would think it would mean. Just to stay close, to, to stay close, to follow, to pursue closely. Do you cling to the Lord? Are you in desperation for God? Do you cling to Him, closely follow Him, closely pursue Him? And not just in the good times, by the way, but when it's bad, when it's hard, when it's rough, do you cling to the Lord that he would become our help, that he'd become our protector, he would become our shelter? I've found that those who have true intimacy with God, they cling to him. They cling to him. They understand where their help comes from. They have this incredible trust in God. Have you noticed that? The people that cling to the Lord, this is incredible trust in God in the midst of trials. In fact, they trust his goodness and they trust his wisdom. They stay close to him. I've seen that in Sandy and John. You guys are just, that's an incredible example of that. Where again, 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 um, they have fears, by the way. They have anxiety. They have worries. But they give those fears, those anxieties and those worries. They give them over to Jesus and they trust him. I love that about your life, Sandy. You guys trust him that he is your help and that his right hand will uphold you. They cling to him. They stay close to him because they know that it is him who upholds them. So there you go. Verses 1 through 8. I laid it out. There's David. Passionately pursuing God. Having an intimate relationship with God. Do you want that? I think if we're honest, some of you don't. But if you do, you don't have to wait any longer. I just think sometimes we're just waiting for the perfect time when all the moons align and the planets get in the right orbit. It can happen today. And I just want to give you some things to help us. If that's where your heart is today, I want to help you. I love you. And so I'm going to speak through this a little bit. I have two encouragements for you if that's that's how you feel today. Number one is that you can't have this intimacy with the Lord. But number two... Relationships like David and God had, they take time. Relationships, they develop. Just think about any relationship that you've had. They aren't instantaneous. They are cultivated over time. Sometimes don't, I just meet so many people that want it to be a magic trick. But yet it's cultivated over time. Spiritual unity with the Almighty, it's something that takes time. It must be diligently pursued. So how do we do that? The rest of our time together, I'm just going to lay out how we can grow in this relationship with God. So cultivating this relationship with God, number one, this intimacy with the Lord. Number one, you've got to get to know Him. Sounds so simple, but it's a part that many of us just don't do. <laughs> you've got to get to know Him. You've got to discover Him, who He is, what He does, how He thinks, what He desires. Get to know Him. A, a close relationship with Him is cultivated in much the same way human relationships are, through communication, through time spent together. You've got to get to know Him. We'll never achieve that closeness with the Lord unless we invest time and effort, effort, getting to know Him. Now, a neglected relationship, and I want to be kind, but this is what many of us have. A neglected relationship with the Lord, it will not grow. It won't. A neglected relationship, we won't grow in that richness. We won't grow in that depth. 
And for many of you that want to hear this, it won't grow in satisfaction. Again, so many of us unsatisfied. It can only happen if you stop neglecting that relationship, truly get to know God. Simple question to ask. Are you too busy to spend time with him each day through the word and prayer? And if you are, and and maybe the answer is yeah, you might be too busy. But if the answer is yes, then the demands of your schedule are robbing you of one of the true joys of life, which is a deep, satisfying communion with God. By the way, don't use your busyness as an excuse for not spending time with God. I hear that all the time. I'm just too busy. Well, guess what? You might be too busy, but you just got to get a little more creative. And it can be done. I was talking to a friend. It lives a high-pressure life. Lots of requirements, a lot of duties. Right now, he is in a season where it's hard to imagine just sitting down, right? Reading the Bible and praying to God. But he loves God. So this is what he's been doing. He has not allowed this season to stop him from pursuing a relationship with God. So he's gotten creative. He listens to his Bible on his Bible app when he drives. He listens to it when he works out. Have you done that? Have you installed the Bible app yet? Get the Bible app. Instead of listening to whatever you listen to on the radio, plug that Bible app in. Instead of listening to whatever you do when you work out, plug the Bible app in. Instead of watching that show that you like, plug in the Bible app. I, it's just beautiful to have Scripture just pouring over you. Sometimes we just read a couple of verses and then we stop or we fall asleep or whatever. The great thing about the Bible, it just continues to read and read and read. And you just get Scripture, these entire letters flowing over your life. And then also for him, he... Um, this whole idea of prayer, he's, just, he's like, Pastor Dan, I can't think about spending five, ten minutes just praying with God. I said, okay, if that's the case, you know, then what else do you do? He goes, this is what I do. I just spend my whole life, my whole day with him. I just, an ongoing conversation with God. He said, for me, I, I just know that God hears my heart, that he hears my thoughts, and he hears my prayers. So he's still investing time in that relationship. It just looks a little different. Does that make sense? He had to get creative. Mary was telling me the other day, she had this meeting, an important meeting, and she had to attend to it. And, you know, Mary, she's got these three kids. They're all running around. She's busy. She didn't have time to read her Bible. And so she's getting ready. She's in the shower. And what did she say? She said, God, help me. That's a great prayer to pray. God, help me. I haven't been able to get my word yet, so I need you to help me. Speak to me. God, give me the words to speak. So you can do it. It's so important to make that daily effort to commune with God. I shared this with a couple that I met this week. I said, if we neglected our spouses like we neglect God, we would all be divorced. I want to say that again. If we neglected God or if we neglected our spouses like we neglect God, we would all be divorced. So spend time with the Lord so you can build that relationship, truly begin to know him. By the way, here's a quick tip. If you want to get to know the Lord better, um, I think I've come up with it. It's, it's called two-way communication. That's a joke, by the way. <clears throat> because if we're honest with it, think about it. Honest, our conversation with God looks a lot more like a monologue than it does a dialogue. Our prayers to God, they're a one-way street. I mean, if we're really honest. But it's supposed to be a two-way conversation. In fact, I have a little video I wanted to show you. Let's go and watch. Hey, Jesus, sorry I'm late. Work was crazy today. No, don't get up. It's okay. Uh, yeah, just got a little bit behind. People are being crazy, you know. That's no problem, Chuck. I'm just glad. No, I'm glad I made it, too. Listen, let's get down to business. I have a lot of work here. A lot of requests. First things first, Pastor and his wife are at a conference. Keep them safe. Um, uh, not a fan of the assistant pastor. The less he preaches, the better. Uh, what else? Ralph, his wife, is getting a tattoo removed. It's a stupid college party way back when. You know how those things go. 
it's in a real painful spot. I'm not a fan of football here, but my friend is. And if I could have two tickets to take him to show him how cool I am so he'd be my friend some more, that'd be great. My dog Nibbles has a gimp leg. Chimney crickets. You know, now that I'm thinking, I could use a new jacket. I'm getting fuzzies all on this one. Please bless my sister, my mother, my father. Our Father who art in heaven, my neighbor, Cindy, hallowed be thy name. Can you sort of train my church to clap on two and four, please? One and three, this is not disco, people. This is serving the Lord. The guy who brings in my shopping cart from the thing, something I can do to get a raise. Can you read what I wrote here? I think I was, I was dreaming. Plus the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Agriculture, the Secretary of Secretaries, bless their secretaries. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come. And that's what bothers me about my mother. Hey, look at the time there. That's, uh, uh got to get going there. Jesus is going to wrap this up and say amen. Amen. Uh been a pleasure praying with you. It's fine evening. I'll be talking with you. Have a good day. Come on, bro. That's what it looks like a lot, doesn't it? We just kind of blabber away and then we say, amen. See you later. I, I would just say, you know, how often do we really take time to listen to his response? Right? I'm guilty of that. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I mean, God delights to hear our prayers. He does. But he also wants us to be still and know that he is God. Be still. Allow him to speak to us. Allow, allow him to minister to us. His presence. And not just while in prayer, but, you know, you can also do this while you're in the word. Meditating upon the word and allowing him to speak to you. It's beautiful. Before you open your Bible, even as you read your Bible... Just ask this question. This is a beautiful question. Just say, God, what are you wanting to say to me? Before you open it and as you read, just, God, what are you trying to say to me? It's a beautiful question to ask. You're inviting him there in your heart, saying, God, what are you trying to teach to me? And then be still and listen. Allow him to speak to your spirit. If you've never tried this before, if it's been a long time since you've tried this, uh, if we're honest, it might be kind of hard the first time or the first couple of times they hear him. And I just want to say that's okay, right? If you don't hear anything, remember, you are building, you are investing, you are pursuing a relationship, and relationships take time. But I want to encourage you, and anyone that's been walking with the Lord for a long time can tell you this, the more that you listen to God, the more that you hear God. You'll become familiar with His voice. So to have intimacy with God, you've got to get to know Him. Secondly, you need to be vulnerable before the Lord. This is so important. It's that last worship song that we sang. Here's my heart, God. That's such a beautiful song. And Wayne and Pete, they mentioned last week. There's vulnerability. Psalm 139, 23, 24. I want to read it. This is what we prayed through last week. Search me, God. Know my heart. Just listen to the vulnerability here. Search me. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. That's a powerful one. And lead me in the way of everlasting life. So if you want a real relationship with God, a real one, like a real one, 
You know what I'm talking about. Not just that thing, oh yeah, I go to church. No, like a real relationship with God. You must be willing to be open and honest, exposing every area of your life to the Lord. God's not going to force you into this, by the way. He's not going to force you into an intimate relationship. Really, the depth of your relationship with the Lord is going to depend on how transparent you are willing to get. And in our flesh, does transparency come easy? No, it doesn't. Naturally, what do we do? We put up our defenses. But we need, we need to remember, God, He already knows everything, right? He knows us inside and out. And the God who knows us inside and out, like all the details, like even that one detail that nobody knows about, right? He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. That God who knows us, He also loves us more than we could ever comprehend. You have nothing to fear with God as you open up. His presence is a beautiful, beautiful place to be, to be open, to be honest and transparent. He'll do a wonderful work in you, a beautiful work in you. So be transparent. Open up and say, God, search me. Know me. God, examine my heart. Lead me in your ways. Amen. Amen. And then finally, in pursuing intimacy with God, getting to know Him along with being vulnerable and getting to know Him, three, you've got to get in tune with His purposes and His interests. And this is really important, which means you've got to get your eyes off yourself. If you've been a Christian for a long time, you know how easy it is just to move away from being in alignment with the heart of God. We don't intend to do it. We don't do it on purpose, but it happens. We shift from God's agenda and God's plan to what? To our agenda and our plan. In fact, if you want to know if you're in alignment with the heart of God, ask these questions. Do I really care about what God cares about? Just ask yourself that. Do you care about what God cares about? Do you care about His concerns? Do you care about His desires? Do you care about His purposes? Are you more interested in the Lord and His purposes? Or are you more interested in what He can give you to accomplish your purposes? Think about that. In the American church, that question It's a good question to ask where we are consumers, right? Where we are interested in what God can give us. But are you more interested in the Lord and His purposes, His will being done? Or are you more interested in what He can give you to accomplish your purposes, your will be done? So many of us, we live these lives where it's all about us. We have these self-focused prayers all about me. We spend our days neglecting the Word, hardly reading it throughout the week. We create an overly busy schedule where we have no time for Him. And what we are doing is we are sending Him the message, God, I'm not interested in you. No, see, my life is all about me. And if I ever am going to be interested in you, it's just because I want you to give me some stuff, right? Especially the really good stuff. But as I prioritize my life, I am not interested in you. Spending time with you, God, is not a value in my life. That's what you're communicating. Be honest this morning. Be real about your life, how you're spending your days. That is what you are communicating to the Lord. You have so many excuses. We all do have so many excuses. But this is the truth of our relationship with God. And this is big. This is huge. This is a big deal. I love you and I care about the rest of your life. I care about your future. God cares about your future. And this is huge. See, if your relationship with the Lord seems stagnant, 
it's quite possible that you've just drifted into a self-centered focus. It's hindering your friendship, hindering your communion with him. Have you ever had friends who were self-centered, where they only were interested in you if they needed something from you? Have you ever had a friend like that? They are the worst friends to have. You're like, God, why did you give me this friend? They're just using and using and using and using. When you had that friend, did you like it? No, you didn't like it. You saw that they called and your heartbeat went up. And you're like, oh. I just wonder if that's sometimes what we do with our relationship with God. Right? And so we need to get back to that place where we're not just interested in God for what he can do for us and where we're just going to use him kind of as that emergency spiritual ATM to bail us out. But no, that it would be a real relationship with him. An intimate relationship where we're not just interested in what he can do for us, but we're, we're actually interested in him. When was the last time you were just interested in him? Just spending time with him. When was the last time you did that? Where you didn't need anything, you just love him and you just wanted to be with him. You just enjoyed him. You just sat down and you opened up your Bible. I said, God, I just want to enjoy you today. I don't have a lot of requests. I don't have a lot of things to ask for. I just want to sit here and enjoy your presence. When was the last time you did that? Just sat in his presence, satisfied, fulfilled in the Lord. An intimate relationship with God. Do you want that? Well, God does. God wants that with you. Every one of you in this room this morning, God wants that with you. And again, you have your excuses, but I just pray that those excuses would fall by the wayside this morning because God wants that relationship with all of us this morning. And here's the beauty of having that kind of deep relationship, intimate relationship with God. It will change your life. The Lord has radically changed my life. He's still changing my life. I don't know if you've noticed. I've been here for four years. In those four years, God has changed my life and then changed my life and then changed my life. And then I'm not the same today as I was even a month ago. There are things that God is doing in me and through me and things that I say to people. I'm like, who is that? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that what God is doing in you? The spirit of Christ within you, setting you free. Isn't it beautiful? And you cannot have that intimate relationship with God remain the same. You will be changed. If you're not changing, pursue God. Pursuing God, having that relationship with Him will change you. It's impossible not to be changed. In fact, as you grow in community with God, this is important. As you grow, grow in relationship with God, that whole Sunday morning lifestyle just will not satisfy that Sunday morning, check off the box, I'm done, I can wait till next Sunday. It will not satisfy. Because as you become familiar with his voice, your love for him will grow. And as a result of that love, something beautiful begins to form. It's called obedience. You don't obey God to try to get in love with God. Obedience comes from a flowing, loving relationship with God. Out of my love for my Savior, what do we do? We obey God. We obey the Lord. We obey Him. And we obey Him because of those experiences that we have with Him. The track record that we have with God. Our relationship with Him has taught us that what? He is good. And that He is faithful. And that He can be trusted. You recognize His wisdom. You recognize His goodness and His plans. And you respond by submitting to His leadership 
And as you obey, he will change you and he will finish the good work that he started in you. And out of this, it gets better. Out of this vibrant, this full, this life-changing relationship you have with God and others, others actually will take notice, right? Have you noticed that? The Lord actually begins to use you to reach others. This love for God that causes obedience, that causes submission, it actually begins to have others take notice. And you actually begin to influence others with the love of God. One of the main relationships for my relationship with God is my parents. If you've met my parents, you know why. Because when you hear them talk about their relationship with God, you just say, I want what they have. When my mom speaks and when she says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you, she actually believes that. She actually casts her cares upon God because she knows that he cares for her. So many of us as Christians, we spout off these verses, but we don't actually believe it. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of hanging out with that. I just come on, be a person of faith. My mom, if you want to, if you want to like have a my life suckier than your life battle, she's going to win. She's going to win. And yet there she is. God is God. He's true. He's faithful. If he says, cast all your cares on him, then I'm casting my cares on him. And my dad, the same way, he says, Danny, the Holy Spirit is speaking through you. Speak words as if God is speaking. When he says that, do you know what I say? Okay. Because I've seen it in his life. I've seen that confidence in my father. They have a real intimate relationship with God. It has influenced me. Others of you have influenced me as well. And as you and I grow in our relationship with God, we are going to have that same opportunity. Hallelujah. The same opportunity to influence others for Christ. And I want that for every one of us, that we would all be difference makers for Christ. And I want to close by saying this. Knowing God in this intimate way, this intimate relationship, and it gets even better. It's what eternal life is all about. It's what eternal life is all about. See, one day your body's going to die, and you're going to go to meet with the Lord. And so often, I'll get into this every once in a while, but you think that eternal life begins when you die, right? You die, and then you get to experience eternal life. That's how I grew up in the Presbyterian Church. That's what was always communicated to me. You died, and then you experienced eternal life. But eternal life begins when? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Eternal life begins the moment you are saved. You are beginning to walk in eternal life. So I, Dan Burst, I am walking in eternal life. If you're a Christian here this morning, did you know that? That you are walking right now in eternal life. That's what Jesus says. He's praying to the Father. Listen to John 17, 3. Uh, it's, it's the message that we just preached. He says, this is eternal life, that they may know you. That's what he's saying. He's praying to the Father. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and what? And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Did you catch that? Eternal life. Abundant, life-filled, joy-filled life. The life of satisfaction. The life of fulfillment. The life that you and I have been destined to live is found in knowing God. Do you know God? I'm speaking to everybody this morning. Non-Christian is Christian. I'm just saying, do you know God? Because if you do, you have eternal life. Fulfilled. Satisfied. Joy-filled. It's an intimate relationship with Him. And some of you, maybe you're not Christians this morning, and... 
I have really good news for you this morning. Romans 10.9, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, that's amazing, right? What I just say, I said, if you are saved, you have what? Eternal life. So this morning, you can be saved and have eternal life. It doesn't start when your body dies, but it begins the moment that you are saved. And that can be today. This morning, if you're not a Christian, if you don't have that relationship with God, but you want to have that relationship with God, the intimate relationship with God where you know Him and you are known by Him, I would love for you to come up here. I'd love to pray with you. If there's anyone here this morning that would like to have that relationship with God, I'd love for you to come up here in front of everybody so that we can pray for you and hug you and embrace you and celebrate with you. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And if you're a Christian here this morning, but you know that you don't have that relationship, it's more of a head knowledge than a heart knowledge. You, you throw them a couple bucks every once in a while and call it good. I just want to encourage you that God just loves you a lot. <laughs> It's in his Bible. Read his love letter to you. And, and don't beat yourself up about your past. Don't beat yourself up about all the areas where you've missed or messed up. Um, God's not as concerned about that as we are. We always like to beat ourselves up about those previous mistakes. But you know what God's really concerned about? Today. He's really concerned about today. And so just today, open your life to him. You might need to reprioritize your life, if we're honest, right? Maybe there's patterns in our life that are unhealthy that have taken us away from God. But God can help us. One of the best prayers you can pray is just, God, help me. Help me. I, I want to know you. I want to be in an intimate relationship with you, God, but I, I don't know how to do that, so help me. So I'm just going to pray that for all of us. God, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, God. Help us, Lord. Some of us don't believe that you're faithful. Help us, God, to be reminded that you're faithful. Some of us don't trust you, God. Help us to trust you, God. Some of us don't spend time with you. God, help us to spend time with you. Some of us don't love you. God, help us to fall in love with you. God, some of us don't even believe that you exist. It's just something that we did when we were like four or five years old. We prayed a prayer. But we don't live like you exist. God, remind us that you're alive. And seal the deal, Lord. Let it be that we'd walk out of here changed, transformed, never the same. Having a real, vibrant, full, satisfied life with you, God. In your name we pray. Amen.